May 23rd, 2018. It's a Watt from Pedro's show. Thank you. 
Rock from Pedro Show. Brother Matt, how you doing? Excellent, excellent. On a Wednesday, it's Gray May. Yeah. Usually by then it's burned off. We haven't got much of a break on that. No. But uh, June Gloom coming up, so maybe it's part two. Back to back. Right. Yeah, people who come into SoCal, they trip out on that. Hey, I thought it's always sunny. (laughs) Hey, how about ocean next to mountains, clown? (laughs) The desert behind it. Uh, Brother Matt, but we're not alone because through the magic of those engineers in Estonia giving us Skype, I guess bum rushed by Mr. Gates. <laughs> Did you hear that? Read that thing where he said it was. He was talking to Don Trump, and he knew yeah, a lot about his daughter. daughter. Yeah, Did you yeah, hear that? Yeah. What a trip. I don't think about Bill Gates a lot. He's I don't think about that probably, other guy either. He's probably got binders and binders. <laughs> anyway, we're joined uh, from Berkey, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, a hawk and a hacksaw, uh, Jeremy and Heather, and. Uh, Right off the bat, Brother Matt asked me the question that I was ignorant of, Jeremy and Heather. Uh, which one is the hawk and which one is the hacksaw? I wish we had a dollar for every time. <laughs> <laughs> you get ass out a lot, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, I sorry. Actually, I started the band as a solo project, and had I known that it was going to do all, I would have never uh, used that, that name. <laughs> You know what, Brother Matt? I don't think it's coming out here. Oh, yeah, because I don't have the speaker hooked. Hold on, people. This is a real-life fuck-up. I forgot to hook the speaker trip to the... It's just one plug away. Yeah, to the goddamn pewter. And now you'll come out of speaker. Talk now, Jeremy. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah. The world. The different. Sorry, people. Slow learner. Right in public. You got to watch... Yeah. You know, Brother Matt has much experience with this. That's why you don't hear clams like that from him. Just got to get new level on it. Uh, level, I think his level's good now. Cool. Uh, speak? Hello. Yes. Send it out some clams. Yeah. I don't want to hear any more clams. No more clams. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what Buddy, isn't that what buddy written <laughs> about his, uh, You his, know about that, the tapes? Yeah. Okay. You guys are playing clams. everybody, you're blowing clams, right? I you're hear one more clam out of you and you're through. <laughs> Take me to the union. I'd love it. And then, and then, wherever you hear him saying "try me," because he knew a little bit of karate, right? And I heard, I heard he was. He I heard he was a black belt in karate. What's that? I heard he was a black belt. Yeah. Yeah. No, so he knew more than a little bit, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen him use it. Okay, it's always. But you hear the threat, you know. Try me. What I heard was that he didn't get his moto. I, I would want him paradiddling on my face. I wouldn't. I wouldn't try him. <laughs> oh yeah, well, he had sticks. I mean, nunchucks. Yeah, yeah. I'd be afraid. Of him. Anyway, let's go back to the beginning. Who wants to go first? Heather, uh, you, Jeremy, which one wants to go first? Uh, either way, you just shoot. Yeah, just. Well, no, it's dealer's choice. We're asking you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just shoot the question and we'll 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 share the answers. Yeah, I guess. But I gotta I gotta ask these are specific ones. So. <laughs> okay, well then I'll go first. Okay, Jeremy, what's your earliest music recollection? Oh well, you know when I was I, I would have to say I would like to talk about maybe live music when I was a any kind real, of music. What's your first? Yeah, what's well, your lo- oldest recollection? Oldest recollection. Well, you know, one of the old recollections I have is just driving around in my mom's car. She had a 1970 Monte Carlo. 
Okay. And uh, I know be, Carlos. Those are the good proud. years because they got biggest boats after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're huge. Yeah, huge cars. Um, so you're driving them? around and what? You're listening to the radio? I'm listening to Simon and Garfunkel and, uh, in the heat in Albuquerque you know, with no air conditioning. Really? Yeah, Hollywood Bowl. Brother Matt's going to see Paul Simon and Knight, his last tour, right? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Got these yeah. tickets floating. Jeremy, was this over the radio or was it a cassette or something? Well, we we had she had eight tracks of of ah, eight eight tracks. Cool. yeah. So that's what we were listening on. Well, I grew up with and, eight tracks. Yeah, yeah. That's where eight, I first learned eight, the bass huh? from uh, Jack Bruce. Okay, really? so was green? there uh, in the house in the pad where you grew up? Was there musical instruments? Yeah, you know my my mom played uh, piano and harp, and my grandma was a really really gifted uh, classical pianist. So you had so. a piano in the living room. Yeah, and then my dad, he played drums in high school, and he gave it up, but he, he taught me a lot of rudiments when I was a kid. He kind of, he would tap on my, he, I would sit on his lap, and he would tap tap rudiments, and then I would copy them. Tap, tap dance on the forehead. What, did uh, your mom want you to do piano lessons? Yeah, she did, but, um, you know, uh, the A-team was on at the same time as my scheduled piano lesson. Yeah. It was so. It was my favorite show. It was. I was so distracted. I couldn't really focus on. I could hear my brother, you know, listening to the A team in the background, and Ooh. so I never. I never was able to to focus enough for those piano lessons. Well, that's rough. Sadly, that's rough because that not a very good show. It was filmed up here in San Pedro by where I practice yeah. in Fort MacArthur on the reservation. Oh, was it really? That's yeah. funny. Paul fool distracted by missing A team. Anyway, yeah. do you think, uh, looking back on it, you're glad you still took the lessons? Yeah, I am, but I, I didn't learn a lot. But, you know, also, I was just, <clears throat> I didn't I didn't really focus on music until I was about 12, and it was drums that got me going, and, you well, what know. About, it, what about it, records? Did, did you buy your own 8-track tapes? What was your first piece of music you bought yourself? Um, well, early on, I was really into, like, Run DMC, Michael Jackson, stuff like yeah, but that. What, what's your first um, record? That you bought yourself. It would have to be Thriller. Okay, Mike Jackson. Yeah. yeah it didn't yeah. have to be, did it? It didn't have to be. <laughs> okay. Uh, what what yeah. about gigs? Did you go to concerts? Did you... Uh, your parents... uh, well, I was going to talk about... The first concert we went to was at the New Mexico State Fair. My, my parents took us to see the Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah. And um, I loved the guy with the, with the low voice. Did you cut the shit and start the pit? Basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm way into that. Look, I'm going to play something here. Uh, no, I didn't say what we started the show off with. It's Sweet and Lovely by John Coltrane, the Thelonious Monk, and that this is a period where he quits dope, right? Good period. Uh, 33rd Street House in Philly. Uh, and then we played from your new record, A Hawk and a Hacksaw with Night Sneaker. Now I want to play Baba Yaga.
של תחנת שיבויה ומתפשטת בתוכי כמו כתם דם סואן. אני הולך שפוף, מסתער על הצומת, שלא על מנת להרוג, אלא על מנת לעבור לצד השני, שהוא תמיד הצד הפחות נכון, אבל עדיין מקום ממנו אפשר להמשיך. הייתי חסר מנוחה כל הזמן הזה, נתפס לי הצוואר, ולפעמים לא יכולתי לשאת יותר את תנועת הרכבות בתחתית, אך זכרתי. שהייתי חופשי ככל שניתן בחיים האלה, ושאם כבר להיות פזור לרוח, אז עדיף בטוקיו. כי העיר מחבבת את כל המסטולים, המתהלכים במאה המפותלים, כאילו היו חיילים בשטח אויב, מחפשים אחר המולדת, אך נמשכים אל ההפקר, ילדים בשדה השיפון משולל התפסן, אוכל לסטורן הזוהם. זה היה נפלא ומפחיד. וחסר רחמים, כפי שרק אושר גדול יכול להיות. לבסוף היפנים תפסו אותי וסילקו אותי חזרה לארץ. חשתי כמו שבוי שהוחזר למולדתו, 
מנוחם במידה, ודפוס געגועים להפקר.
me držiš, sakam silno da me držiš. Koga me ljubiš, sakam dogu da me ljubiš. Where did the 28 minutes go? Um, so, thank you all for coming down here. Uh, It wasn't easy to find, and I had like three emails from Andy telling us how to do it. But uh, especially uh, you guys back in the, they can shake their jewelry. You guys remember that? Beatles. Okay. The awkward silence in my mind is overwhelming me.
Watch for Pedro Show. Uh, yeah, we start off with Baba Yaga from A Hawk and a Hacksaw. And then uh, something brand new out of Cleveland with the Dewey Decibel System. Apple out of Perth, Australia. Brand new Stay In from Zero Dent. Uh, brand new out of here, SoCal. Granny Four Barrel with Freak Flag. Which reminds me, debut gig of uh, Afternoon Freak. The new project out with Danny Frankel and Matt Motel is the Freak Flag Fest. Brooklyn on Bloomsday, June 16th. Oh, also awesome. B-Day. Awesome. Me and Dirk are flying out there. Oh, cool. Perfect. Yeah, me and Dirk are flying <laughs> to NYC for a week. Nice. That'll be great. I don't think I've been anywhere with him in like <laughs> a long time, so that's just good. And record Raymond for the new sock. Today. Nice. Then we had uh, uh, from Tel Aviv, farther south, Tokyo injects me like heroin. Uh, Bob Pollard on Dayton. He, I think, retired from teaching. Oh. It disappears in the uh, least likely hands. Uh, from Macedonia, Skopje, Vasco, Aranasoski with Koga Tenama, a raging mule from uh, Massa, Wisconsin. That's Bucky Pope, negative example, live TV broadcast. Anthems of the Void. Uh, that's Own Slice, that cat, Brandon, his new project. A witness. And then finally, the washing bear, a hawk and a hacksaw. Yeah, they call in, uh, I think that's the word, raccoon, in some native. That's right. Yeah, in Hungarian. Really? Yeah. yeah. Raccoon is Hungarian. No, well, the, well, the name, of the direct translation of the Hungarian name for raccoon is washing bear. Oh, yeah, because I was going to say in Japanese, it's Ariguma, which is wash bear. Mm. They don't uh, have them. Uh -huh. But they got a name for them, like <laughs> hummingbirds, hatchidori uh -huh. bee bird. Uh -huh. They don't have them. Uh -huh. they should have a name, right? We don't have giraffes, but we can have a name. You know what they thought giraffes were? Mm. Unicorns. Oh. Their word is Kirin. You know that beer? Yeah, yeah. That's supposed to be Keep a fucking mind. unicorn jumping around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Heather, your turn. Okay. Earliest musical recollection. Uh, earliest musical recollection was a tape of classical violin music that my grandma sent me for my fourth, third birthday? Third birthday. Wow, you go back. <laughs> I can't remember. That's like all I remember that year. Okay. So some classical <laughs> violin coming off a cassette tape. What about in the house? Yeah. Was was there instruments? Um, yeah, we had a piano. And I started violin when I was four. So we oh, had violins. Uh, My dad played a little guitar, acoustic guitar. Um, yeah, yeah, because you so, know there'll be, there'll, there'll be music in the house. But some yes. people are listeners, some people are players, so I always ask that out. Uh, uh, yeah. My parents, they, they just played for fun, you know. But, that's okay. Yeah. That's what I try to do. Uh, well, yeah. Exactly. Whose idea was the violin at four years old? Yours? Uh, well, it was my mom's idea, but oh, I think she saw how I reacted to violin music and thought it would be a good idea. What's the first record you bought? The first record I bought was probably, I'm trying to think. There's probably no was, wrong answer. What's that? There's probably no wrong answer because I wasn't back there then. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when I was like 12, 11 or 12, there was like this special on PBS about the Beatles. And then they released these CDs for them, so it was like a compilation of Beatles music, and I think that was the first Beatles. CD I bought. Okay. Do you remember the first gig you went to? 
Um, the first gig I went to was the Melvins opening for Tool. <laughs> All right. In Birthday. In, Birke, in, Birke. in Nineteen ninety five or six. Oh, around the time of uh, God, what was that bar called? Durango. In Albuquerque. Yeah, because I played there with Dave. Yeah, I remember when you, I remember when you played there. I was in high school. Yeah, um, okay, you, you remember that gig? The, uh, not the Golden West, but um, no, it was a small little bar called like Durango or something. The Dingo the Bar. Dingo Bar. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I, you know, I knew you were in town, and I couldn't go because I was I was uh, like a junior in high school. Oh, I but was I remember in town many no. years before that. The Minutemen yeah. played. Uh, I remember going to the pad. It was in a neighborhood. Yeah, like get this. This you know, this pad was called the garage, right? That's uh-huh. what it said on the paper that Chuck Tukowski gave us. Uh-huh. And we're in this neighborhood, and I'm like, where the fuck is the pad? And the address was a pad. So I go up to the hatch and I knock. I go, where's the garage? And the lady goes, it's in the back. Yeah. It was the fucking garage. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first Berkey gig in uh, 1984. Do so you know where that was? Do you have any idea what I neighborhood it was in? It was dude's house. <laughs> was running the play. There was, a, there was a Jerry's kid in Albuquerque then. Not yeah, just the exactly. Boston one. And we played with them. That's what I remember. Uh, you know what I forgot to ask both of you? Did you guys have music in school? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much self-taught. Yeah, but like music, like chorus or uh, the school marching band or shit like oh, that. Oh, you know, yeah, I didn't have any of that, but we did have this weird little uh, class called Rock Workshop that I was in, yeah. which was just kind of led by a really great history teacher who didn't really care what we did, and we so we would just, like, cover songs and try and write our own songs. But, yeah, there was no marching band at my school or anything like that. Very little music education. That's trippy that the history teacher's running the music thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's how but he's fucking a good, pathetic he's a good school systems are. Yeah, what's his name? Let's give him some credit. His name's Paul Ryder. He's a he's a good drummer, and he was he was turning us on to all kinds of weird stuff back then. He's no, the first person no who told greater, me about to. Uh, there's no uh, greater easy, gift. There's no greater gift than a cat that can turn you on to fucking happening. Yeah. Yeah, in like eighth grade, he was telling us about Roland Kirk and, you know, stuff like that and African music. And so, yeah, he was a good, a good. And what about you, you, Heather? Did you have any music in school? Um, Well, I took lessons and I was homeschooled kind of off and on till high school. And then I was in the choir in high school, but there was no orchestra at my school, but there was a marching band, but. I didn't play wind instruments. So. It's all different to everybody. That's why I always ask these questions because I really do yeah. think music should be part of school. Yeah, I just it should. Or just the arts period, yeah. you know, painting, singing, hollering yeah. your head off, <laughs> whatever. Let the freak yeah, flag fly, you know. So okay, what about bands? When did you guys first start playing? Uh, a hack, a hawk, and a hacksaw ain't the first bands you guys been in. What was your first band? Yeah. Uh, Jeremy? I started playing uh, in a band when I was about 13, and it was kind of through that rock workshop program, uh, and then we just started, you know, we just became a garage band. And started. you were on the drums? Yeah, I was playing drums, yeah. Okay. What about you, Heather? Uh, I started playing in bands in college, so I was like 18, 19. Yeah. And what'd you do? Um, I actually played cello and keyboard in my first band. Wow. Kind of eclectic. 
What were they <laughs> called? What were they called? Uh, that was called Soma. Soma. Like in the... Soma. F. S-O-M-A? F-O-M-A. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, Aldous Huxley, uh, the stuff they ate in... Uh, yeah, the magical drink. Yeah, get you all like spaced yeah. out, right? And happy. Jeremy, what was your band called? The the rock workshop band? Uh, we went through a lot of names. Uh, the one name we had for a while was Arjuna. Arjuna, yeah. You know who Ar- Arjuna is? No. From the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. big Hindu yeah. Sanskrit trip, yeah. right? It's kind of a big war in the guy's head. Yeah. Yeah, okay. God, how old were you? <laughs> Got an edge uh, young, huh? All right. Yeah, young, fourteen, much, fifteen much at that respect. point. Do you remember your first gig? You're... Yeah. Well, I used to play. We used to play a lot of house parties, probably kind of like your experience sure. in, in Berkeley, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, but the first like real gig was at a bar in Albuquerque on a Wednesday night, and I was a junior in high school, and uh, I stuck out of the house to go to it. I didn't tell my parents. I told them I was going to the library to study and. And then, of course, we went on at like eleven at night, and very late. You know, out next. They were really pissed, but um, the show was good. And and at the end of the show, the the waitress just handed me a pitcher of beer, just like here you go, here's your beer. Whoa! So did yeah, you mean that you brought the pitcher home to mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, I should have. <laughs> Still cold, pops. What about you, Heather? Yeah. Your first gig. Um, I'm trying, yeah, we played a lot of house shows, um, like, outdoor in a parking lot, well, and, but, like, the first bar gig, I think, college, I had, if you're talking yeah, about college, then, uh, what's that? Yeah, we can only talk one at a time, that's the way Skype works, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in college, the urinals, I don't know if you know about that old-timey band, but they started doing dorm gigs. Did you do dorm really? gigs? Uh, that's a good idea. Heather? Yeah. Did you do dorm I, gigs? I never did a dorm gig, no. Okay. That, 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 that sounds interesting and fun. Yeah, especially 1977 hardcore punk. You know, <laughs> I'm a bug, you know, black hole, that kind of stuff. But anyway, <laughs> so, so, so what was your first gig like at one of these houses? Um. Yeah, it was just like a big party and... Everyone was drunk and talking, and we just played, and yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, okay, so it was a positive experience. You see, my first gig, I was shitting my pants. <laughs> I was really nervous too. Oh, you were okay. What about you, yeah. Jeremy? Well, yeah, I, I I just remember I just had a recollection of it wasn't my first gig, but one of the first like we when we were in high school somehow we got this show playing at a, like a college party at somebody's house and we set up in the yard and uh, I had to go find a you know an outlet for the PA so I was looking around I went in went in the bathroom and there were these metalheads in there doing doing coke and I was like. 16 years surprise. old. It was weird. It was a weird scene. And, no, and that shit played. happened in Pedro, too. You didn't even have to be a metal guy. Yeah. Just There's the something about metalheads doing coke that's, I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> Pedro Stoker guys are something about that, too. Yeah, yeah. We played half a song, and the cops arrived and busted the party, and oh, that was it. Yeah, but you broke your water. You're from Polywater to Shellback. Much yeah. uh, respect. Success. Congrats. <laughs> Now, Brother Matt, we're at the uh, end of the first hour. 
May 23, 2018 edition, Wap Pedro Show special guest, Hack and a Hacksaw. No, Hack and a Hacksaw. Time for our dude. May 23rd, 2018, it's the second hour. A lot from Pedro Show.
Gentlemen, let me introduce you to the next song. And it's not a song about God Almighty. I got a rabbit in my pocket and I want that rabbit to jump. I got a house full of people and I want those people to jump.
lot from Pete Rochot. Started the second hour off with a song for old people, song for young people. Ah, see, that's a second part. I didn't know that. Uh, a, a hawk and a hacksaw, their new record. Then the doers after that out of Vancouver with um, Mrazik's opinion. Uh, Gecko Turner. We got some stuff from Spain. Uh, Love Monk, great label. Gecko Turner, here comes Friday. Sun, uh, Parajo. Pajaro. <laughs> Bird. Sunrise. Podesta, huh? This all. Here comes uh, this place. Ginferno, uh, Mambo, Mambo, Rabbits. Sunny Garcia from Dead Couple. Rio Niger from Pyramid Blue. And finally, The Magic Spring from A Hawk and a Hacksaw. So let, let's get into this hawk and a hacksaw story. How did, how did, how did, what was the beginning? Well, um, uh, so uh, I used to play drums in a rock band, and when I basically right out of high school, I started touring with this band, and uh, and then it kind of fell apart. And I, I was um, you ain't gonna name this band? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll name it. It's, it's called Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh yeah, uh, that singer man had me and Georgie play in England with him. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, we were at that sh- that festival too. We were there the same weekend. Oh man, and I didn't know it. Yeah, I came over and knocked my shit out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So you play with Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, and um, so we did. You know, a lot of. But he's not a Berkey and... guy, right? He's not Berkey. What's that? That that band was from all over the country, right? Because he yeah, was Berkey. He's from Louisiana, and we met uh, through a friend who I I opened when I was in in Albuquerque. I opened for when I was in high school. I opened for a touring band that. That put me in touch with Jeff when he was looking for a drummer. So. Okay, okay. So, so right out of high school, basically, uh, the next year out of high school, I, I moved to New York with Jeff, and we started touring with that band. Yeah. And, uh, so and right then, away, you're like a professional musician. Yeah, kind of, with no money, though. You know, we didn't, we didn't make any money for a long time. The whole kind of first part of the... the I mean, I you know, it was... Sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, that's the case. Sometimes that happens. It's, it's hard. It's it's like it's hard to say you're professional when you ha- when you don't make any money at all. You know. So. Well, it, it's not like you ain't trying. It's like just the audiences aren't into it. Uh, they don't have that yeah. understanding yet. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're trying. You're trying. You gotta exactly. talk them into yeah. it. Yeah, you gotta like kind of impress them and stuff, and then they um, yeah subsidize your endeavor. So so, so still, let, let's get to the story of the hawk and the hawk self. Okay, so so the band after we recorded the second record, we toured and everything's okay, and then the band just kind of stopped. And Jeff decided he wanted to like, you know, live in a forest away from everybody for a while. And so I ended up, I kind of ended up living in Europe, and um, I was in France, and I just was searching around for something to do, kind of a new thing. I didn't want to play drums anymore, and I started playing keyboards and and um yeah so i you know it's just it became, it became a recording project and and in the course of it i rented an accordion from a uh, a music shop and i just fell in love with it i fell in love with the way accordions feel when you and sound and um you know accordion's an interesting instrument because you're you're hugging you're hugging your instrument you know kind of like i guess like an upright bass is like or a that. cello cello or a cello and so it's right there you feel the you feel the um the vibrations of the sound in your chest while you're playing it you like the keys or the and buttons 
Keys and it's portable, you know. So, uh, brother Matt just asked, yeah. "Keys are the buttons?" Oh, uh, I play a piano accordion. Cool. Yeah, with the piano side. Actually, yeah. my second man, organ man, Pete Mazich, start off on yeah, accordion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here we got a lot of Croatia Slav guys in there. Big accordion tradition. Yeah. Us the Italian guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. big, big Eastern <laughs> European music. And you know it's portable and all that. But I still don't yeah. understand how this led to a saw, a, a, a hawk and a hacksaw. Well, it, it, you know, I was just recording and, and working on, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was kind of like playing accordion, playing organs and and multi-tracking in a little studio. Ah, and, ah it's a one-man yeah. band and then you're, because Heather's not yeah. in the picture yet. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I was in I was in France, and then I did I put out a first record, and I toured a lot in Europe. Um, and so I it wasn't a duo. It's, it wasn't a duo. No, it was just solo. Yeah. So it was and kind then, of a ironic band name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, after doing a lot of stuff in Europe, I ended up just coming home, and and I wasn't sure if I was even going to stay here, but I came home to New Mexico and. And I was working on on recording, and I met Heather. I was looking for a um, for a musician to work with. You know, I needed I needed somebody to work with, and I read about Heather's band in the paper, and I went to see her play. And what, what band was and that? I had, what band? It was, was FOMA, the band you that she told you about, FOMA. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, our first conversation, uh, I met her, and I said, you know, how do you? I knew she played violin, and I, I just said, you know, how do you feel about Bela Bartok? And she said, he, she said, he's one of my favorite composers. I love him. And, and at that point, I kind of knew that, you know, we could probably, we could figure something out together. So we started playing, and and it just worked. I saw Bella Bartok's uh, Magical Mandarin conducted oh, yeah. by, conducted oh. by uh, who's that guy, the Yellow Shark? Bollet, Pierre Bollet. Frank oh, Zappa, wow, like, yeah. He dedicated his piece uh-huh. to this guy, the only Frank Zappa I kind of like. Uh-huh. And it was an intense, uh, it was at the Dorothy Chandler here it was uh-huh. downtown. And wow. it, the guy, Michael Preusner, took me to it. He brought me up to the front row, because you could do that, I guess. <laughs> and, man, it blew my mind. Yeah. It blew my mind. So what was the uh-huh. first, what, what, well, at first, you guys, she had to learn your songs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So you yeah. didn't start composing. She had to learn the the, the uh, catalog. Yeah, at that point, it was a small catalog. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, do you remember the first hawk and a ha- man, and a hacksaw gig? <laughs> do you remember the first? Sorry, the first song. No, the first gig. Oh, the first gig. Well, the first gig um, with you two as together. A yeah, as a duo. Yeah, well, we did some shows in Albuquerque again, like house parties and stuff. And then, but while she was still in uh, college, but we did a tour of Sweden in uh, January. While she she just basically left school, and we went over there for about three weeks, traveled by train throughout Scandinavia, which was awesome. That was kind of like our. That's when we really became a band, you know, okay. playing every night and dealing with touring stuff, and so. So. Once Heather gets in the band, the band changes, right? Oh, completely. Yeah, completely. Because before it's just a vehicle for you to realize your kind of expression, right? Yeah, and you you know, I never had any ambition with this project. It was just a thing I was doing in my garage, you know, and that was in, I started it in 2000. It's been 18 years that Heather, Heather joined, I met Heather in 2004, 
And so it's been amazing that, you know, to continue like this. I never expected this to happen. That it, This was just like a, a little thing I did, you know. A little, I guess I just planted a little seed, you know, and that, and I never expected it to, to grow. So your original fr- fans embraced you. They didn't say, oh, you're a duo now. Yeah. Well, there there weren't very many there weren't very many original fans. So, but yeah, they were they were cool with it. <laughs> they were cool with that. <laughs> Just making sure some people, you know, they say be careful of burning bridges. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know what? I don't want you to be careful about is submitting yourself to the spin cycle. Because brother Matt, would you bring that? which Dr. Hoffman was processing in a variety of ways to see if he could find something to tone up the nervous system. One of the formulas he formulas he compounded was designated as number 25. It was not until five years later that Dr. Hoffman discovered that his formula 25 was a psychedelic drug. 
While working with it, he accidentally inhaled some of the fumes. Within a short time, he began to hallucinate. He wrote that for two hours, he had fantastic visions of extraordinary vividness, accompanied by a kaleidoscopic display of intense coloration.
medical reports were written on the various aspects of LSD-25, and there was so much adverse publicity concerning it that the Sandoz Laboratories took it off the market. However, it was known that this compound was not difficult to produce, so it was not long before the formula developed by Dr. Hoffman was being clandestinely passed along the corridors of certain university chemistry labs. It also began to come into the country from bootleg sources in Europe. Of course, a normal dose of LSD is so potent and microscopically small that it is easily concealed. Because it is colorless as well as tasteless and odorless, it is extremely difficult to detect, especially in a liquid solution. In a single ounce, there are approximately 280,000 doses. This means at the going rate of $5 per dose, an ounce of LSD-25 would be worth approximately $1,400,000. In liquid form, LSD has appeared in small antidotes, right on up to large bottles labeled mouthwash. Sometimes it may be found in crystalline form and packaged in capsules, or it may come as milk powder and in the form of tablets. Usually dissolved in a sweet liquid or in water and ingested. Or the liquid may be soaked into a cube of sugar, an animal cracker, or a candy wafer. It has even been found in chewing gum and the gum flaps of envelopes. A common cigarette can conceal $50,000 worth of LSD or 10,000 doses.
So much that was righteous. What made you do what you just did to us today? Uh, little leftovers from last week, right? With the with the fingerprint uh, by Schmeichel, the drug oriented acid right. history lesson with the Alfred Hoffman's recipes yeah. in there. A little history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Uh, it was kind of like uh, 
<laughs> going through the landscapes. Yeah, a little ethnicity in there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're going to get some ethnicity going back to the old country. Yeah. And some Italy. Yeah, yeah, and some Canada. And some Canada, too. <laughs> so some Europe and North America. It's North, nice North America. Go someplace you don't want to go every day. Right. And and also there's some maybe electric therapy. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a trip. Check Anything out to help different. the ribs. Yeah, yeah. yeah people puff. Think good wishes towards Brother Matt. <laughs> I didn't know 30 years ago he got pounded by some waves in Hawaii and his ribs got broke, so he's got perpetual pain. And uh, it'll be sometimes like, what would you say, sometimes a stab, oh. but sometimes a... Yeah, most in the ribs, it's just, oh, man, there, how, how do you... Just from turning. Time? Yeah, turning, laughing. Laughing, yeah. Getting punished for laughing. <laughs> That's like, uh, yeah... Uh, being married in prison. <laughs> There's, <laughs> definitely be better things. There's definitely better the things. There's definitely better things. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, Heather, you that guy Jared Berkey? We're here, yes. Okay, did you get that house painted? Yeah, it's done. Okay. Everything's done. Yeah, well, it's the spin cycle we calculated, so it's just about there. You guys just made a video, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, with this this wonderful director Peter Strickland. Have you heard of Have you heard of him or seen in any of his films? I might have not known it. Yeah, yeah, he has a film called The Duke of Burgundy that came out a few years ago. That's pretty amazing, and uh, he did a film called The Barbarian Sound Studio, which is about it's kind of a horror film about a uh, a sound engineer who travels to Italy to work on like a low budget horror film. He has to do all these sound effects, you know, for murder scenes and stuff and he kind of goes crazy. Oh, yeah, 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 I know that one. Ah, so I yeah. gotta check out. Brother good. Matt knows it. I yeah, have to check it out. Film. Well, yeah. and, and what tune did you do the video for? Uh, the Magic Spring. The Magic Spring. Uh, yeah. We just played that. How fortuitous. <laughs> yeah, we played it uh, right before Brother Matt's spin cycle. We're cool. at the end of the second hour, um, May 23, 2018, edition Watt Pedro Show, special guest, Hawk and a Hacksaw. Hold tight for hour three. May 23, 2018, it's the third hour, Watt for Pedro Show.
from Pedro Show started the third hour off with a hawk and a hacksaw doing a broken road line with poplar trees. What can you tell us about that, Jeremy uh, Heather? Uh, well, um, we wrote that song. It's kind of uh, based on, well, we, we did some traveling in uh, Bulgaria and uh, Albania, and it, coming home from that trip, we kind of, I, I ended up writing that melody, and um, it's kind of, uh, yeah, I guess it's like really influenced by um, music from Albania and, you know, what we, I mean, you know, former Yugoslavia or the land of the southern Slavs. So it's, it's, yeah. It's just, Actually, Albania's own country, so is Bulgaria. But the Macedonia yeah. guy kind of shares both. And that's a trip because the next tune I played, because I kind of heard that, is called Unison by the Mystery of the Bulgarian Voices, the lady from Dead Can Dance. Got really intrigued yeah. by uh, Bulgarian chanting and uh, singing, and she made a whole record yeah. out of this. It's just really beautiful, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is. That's right, you said you can draw from influences like that. You know, some people, they get so caught up in genre, you know, they forget that music is music. Yeah. Then we had, uh, from England, Lucy Lee with head tape. Nano fake. Remember, I had this problem, Brother Matt. It's spelled N number eight. N O F A C E. In a face, yeah, I remember those. In a face? The face. Uh, I remember, I just remember it ended with face. Yeah. <laughs> how do you say that first one? N A N. The, it, Nate, 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 Places. Spread it around. Where he was there. Yeah, spread it around. And we got a Croatian guy who's living in Geneva now, uh, Neno. We call him Neno. And he's got a band called This Click with Slash. And finally, the Shepherd Dogs are calling a hawk and a hacksaw. And uh, was this Balkan stuff too? The, the the Shepherd Dogs? Yeah, and, and this is this has um, a clarinet. The, the melody is played on clarinet by a good friend of ours from Istanbul, who's a, he's a Roma clarinetist named Jeanette Sepetje. Yeah. And um, he has, we've put out two really amazing records of his, he plays kind of Turkish wedding style uh, Roma music. Sure. And I can send it to you if you want to hear it. It's really, really I'd love pretty to. amazing. I'd love to. I mean, that, that whole part of the world is trippy because you have different uh, traditions coming together, you know. Exactly, yeah. Kind of a crux. Yeah. Kind of a meeting yeah. point, a crux. I, I, exactly. I enjoyed it. I still got to play Montenegro and Bosnia, but I've played all the lands around there that cool. you've mentioned. And, uh, and but I'd like yeah. to do them again, too, of course. But uh, yeah. I still got to get yeah. Montenegro and Bosnia to get the whole, uh, whatever you call that, the whole Balkan trifecta. Yeah. It's more than trifecta, though. There's like eight or nine of them. <laughs> They're, they're all and interesting. They're all been, you can say uh, they, they can uh, they share a lot of in common, but they all have their own little distinct things. So it's exactly. Exciting. Yeah. Oh, you just exactly. got back from tour, right? Yeah, we were in Europe for six weeks. We just got home. And what parts of Europe? Uh, well, we we did uh, a lot of shows in Italy, and then uh, Scandinavia, and two weeks in the UK, and uh, Holland, and Belgium, uh, Turkey, and. Berlin. One show in Berlin and then uh, Switzerland. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, look, there's this tune, The Sky is Blue, the Desert is Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about it. 
Um, are you the blue part? That's another one. Is Heather the yellow so, part? What's that? Are you the blue Thank part? Is Heather the yellow part? <laughs> is the hawk no. the desert? Is the sky the hacksaw? I mean, a lot of mystery. Uh, you know, some people don't like to explain their songs. You don't have to if you don't want to, Jerry. Yeah, well, you know, uh, this record is all instrumental, and um, we wanted... You know, I think you can you can say a lot without using words, but it's nice. Uh, we want in the titles we wanted to set the the scene for the for the the music. Sure. So you know, we worked really hard on like coming up with titles that we felt like um, reflected or, or would try and lead the listener towards you know something, and so that's why it's it's called that. It's it's kind of about in a way that that one's a little bit about. Um, New Mexico, the the landscape around here, but also the landscape in Turkey, like in, in Anatolia and stuff, and sure. that one influenced by uh, Turkish Turkish rhythms, and it's actually a it's a variation on a scale that um, a guy a, a, a guy in Romania uh, showed me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's you know what's tricky about Balkan music is that seven shit. I, I would, yeah, uh, I, I had a device to do it because I had to record some stuff. Uh, uh, taco, taco burrito, taco, yeah. taco burrito, taco, taco burrito. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know they play umpa, but in seven, uh -huh. it's like whoa. Exactly. <laughs> it's tough. Let, let, let's listen to the sky is blue, the desert is yellow.
Drove like a man possessed. 900 miles in two days. Just had to make it. It's so at last, long last. I am I'm here for the love. Truly a place of happiness. A relief for my weary heart. Sure, it's just tough to lose someone, but the hardest thing of all is to let your mother pass. Who could I love more than a woman? Well, my mom is tops to me. What gift can I give? There is nothing I can do. She rests comfortable now. I believe I will have the faith.
You know not who I am here. Like the one who casts herself into the lake of monkeys, I drown myself in the mirror lake!
So we probably hate to see you wanna get with me. You gotta listen carefully, we gotta help him in the place who likes it in the face. She look and see who likes it in the Easy me, doesn't come for free. She's a real lady. And as for me, why you'll see. Well, stop your body down and wind it all around.
lot from Pedro Show. The last music for this edition. And we started off with The Sky is Blue, The Desert is Yellow, Hawk and Hacksaw. Then Joe Brewer out of Madison, Wisconsin with a poem called Faith. SS Space Systems, uh, upstate New York. Uh, Uneme, The Lake of Monkeys. Uh, Wannabe from the Spice Pistols, that's uh, down San Diego way. Four Dimensional Nightmare out of Seattle, Dark Matter, Dark Energy. Evil Hearted You out of East L.A. with Home. And finally, Alexandria, a hawk in a hacksaw. Uh, how do people find out about you on the Internet? About us? Uh, I don't, they don't know how to find out about Brother Matt. They just go to the Wild <laughs> Kingdom. But what about you guys? Yeah. We have a Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, but what if that shit goes down? You have a backup, right? Yeah, we're. Uh, you know, everybody puts his fucking bass eggs in the fake look basket, man. Watch out, okay? That happened with the My Waste of Space place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, overnight, just, just went. So, just you know, come to Berkey. Just come to Berkey and look us up. I don't want to get all, I don't want to get all, like, um, philosophical and stuff, but I thought when the internet came that everybody would have their own webpage and it would be the same analog as a fanzine. Like, nobody's yeah, in the way. Yeah. You don't have yeah. uh, Mr. Zuckerberg in between mm. you. No, yeah. You know we what do I mean? have a website. We have a website for our label. It's, it's lmduplication.com. Well, you know, say the URL for the, the people. Spell it, please. L- lmduplication.com. So that's lmduplication.com. And on there, there's a lot of releases from uh, the Balkans and kind of all around the world. Um, that we put out in the last uh, eight years. You know about Veliki Balkan? That's uh, Brother Vasco's label. This guy's oh. put out like 40, 50 releases. You got to No. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you could send me the link. I would love to check it out. Yeah, yeah. He's put it. In fact, I just put out with the. Uh, it was called Jaded Azurites, a five song EP on this label. Uh, because. Cool. Uh, and you know, last year I uh, put out a four song for Record Store Day, seven inch, with. Uh, Croatian band, uh, cool. Serbian band, uh, wow. Macedonian band, and then Pedro band mm. with the Croatia guys. Uh-huh. Uh, Pete Mason, cool. and uh, In fact, on the, uh, I don't know if you know about Disciplina Kichma, but, but they go back to the 80s uh, when they were called, uh, 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 it means Charlie Chaplin, Akobaros, uh-huh. Slaro Akabara is what they call Charlie huh. uh, Chaplin. And his bass band named Koya, you know about him? He's incredible. No. He goes way back. He's a pioneer uh, from their punk scene from 35, you know, uh, as old as me. And uh, I got to oh. hang with him like five, six hours last time I was in his town. And he's just the greatest. Now, he plays a bass like well, uh, Jimi Hendrix. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, about he's him, yeah. just something else. Yeah, Stanislav <laughs> turned me on. So, so, yeah, you get a hold of me, and I'll give you a link to this because, Great. you know, because of some recent history, people think it's all crazy there, but there's actually lots of righteous arts and stuff coming out of there. It's crazy everywhere. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we're all like dangling, right? If we don't be careful, it just could the apple mm. cart. Because I remember when that shit happened. You know, I was over there, and it was just yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. There's little rumblings. And... Okay, so people, you can find a, a hawk <laughs> and a hacksaw at their label there. Uh uh, uh, presence on the web. Uh, your next plans? You got another tour coming? 
Yeah, we're leaving in a week, and um, we're doing a West Coast tour. We'll be playing in L.A. on the 15th of June. Where? Oh, and, shit, I leave and, the 15th of June. Uh, I got that one oh, week, okay. oh, I got that one week that. trip in uh, New York City. Oh, uh, okay. Because well, his birthday is June 16, yeah. Where are you going to be, yeah. though? Uh, resident. Resident? Do we know that place, Brother Matt? Uh. Where is it? What town? What part of SoCal? It's, uh, we're looking it up real quick. It's There's a lot of new shit now. Yeah. Up downtown yeah, LA they... now they have gigs. Mm. Uh, I played a shoe store two weeks ago with oh, Josh yeah. Hayden and Danny Frankel. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a shoe store. We played in the basement. Eighth and Broadway. Used to wow. be Heroin Alley. Uh-huh. And there's fucking there's gigs. There's a record store block. Things are changing here in SoCal. Town. You know, in Pedro yeah. here, we're like thirty miles south of Hollywood. Mm. We're kind of in a like Stables on Yeah, Neutral Milk Hotel played there actually, and you were out of town then too. Was it Harold's place, or was it? We played at a theater, some kind of theater there. Wow, maybe it was. What do you think, brother man? That little fish, Little Mermaid, or shit. Possible. That's down the impound law. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like kind of ride. classic uh, old school theater. Oh, Pretty might big. have been Warrior Theater. Theater. Wow, wait, maybe wow, maybe. that's where uh, me and D Boone saw The Exorcist. That's the first time I saw a guy have a epileptic seizure in the in the in the lobby. Wow, I didn't know really? what was going on. Yeah. I thought that was the other part of the movie. Yeah, it was scary. Wow. That movie, man, a little girl cussing like that. You never saw that <laughs> shit. Before. Look, I wish you and Heather all the best. Uh, I love your music. I love what you're doing. You're learning shit by by doing. It's bitch. Thank you so much. And you're a great example to everybody out else to get out there and let the freak flag fly. Just doesn't <laughs> have to be in a fucking fast three days in June in Brooklyn, man. I think it actually comes from Abby Hoffman mm. in the '60s, or huh. maybe Country Joe and the Fish or huh. something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's been a pleasure to have you on, and um, I love it. I can't, I can't wait to come through Berkey again, huh? I forty, I twenty five. All my Kachina, all my Kachina dolls are from downtown on Sixth yeah. Street. There, a lot Whoa. of them. Yeah, that guy goes and he collects from the reservations and shit. Uh, yeah. Most of them are Navajo, but they're bitching, man. Yeah, they dance. Yeah, and when yeah, we have earthquakes, they dance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's been the, <laughs> it's been the May 23rd, 2018 edition of the Waffle Pedro. She'll keep your powder dry. Yeah.